Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right, let's get going. Luke chapter 23, as we round the corners of the final two chapters in the book of Luke, we will tomorrow do Luke 24 on the podcast. Won't be on Instagram or Facebook, but it will be on the podcast. So if you don't have the podcast, just uh, you can find it at Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, on Anchor. Uh, Google. So just just uh, search for Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast and you'll find it. Um, yeah. And hey, if it's not too much, subscribe to it. Give it a give it a, you know, high rating, like a five. Give a comment. It helps people find it. So thanks, guys. All right, you guys. Luke chapter 23. Um and again, tomorrow we'll do 24 on the podcast as we wrap it up. 23 is intense, man. 23 is the cru- the story of the uh, final um, trial and crucifixion of Jesus. So uh, we have to set our set our uh, our mood properly. Got to get ready because it's going to get intense. It's always exciting though. You know, never know what God's gonna God's gonna say to us through his word, but he's always speaking. So, all right, everybody, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So let's read. The whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him saying, we have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah King. Um, so a couple of a couple of accusations there, right? The accusation is that he's he's sort of a subversive to the uh, Roman government. Uh, he's trying to read a lead a sort of a revolt. He's uh, challenging Caesar's power. Um, Rome did not take too kindly to that. They didn't really care so much about. Uh, they didn't really care so much about. Um, Jewish religious disputes. They, they weren't, I mean, they wouldn't take their time to, you know, try to sort that out. It's not, that was not their concern, but they were concerned if there was someone who was threatening Roman, Roman power, that, that was problematic. So here you got a couple things going on. One is to, uh, he's subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar. Well, we know he didn't do that. He said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's to God, what is God? And the third, he claims to be Messiah. They don't really care about that, but that last part is a concern. A king. Whoa, he claims to be a king. Now, now we got an issue. So Pilate asked Jesus, "Are you the king of the Jews?" Now Pilate is the uh, the Ro- the Roman governor over Judea, where Jerusalem is um, under, and he serves under uh, Tiberius Caesar, and. Um, 
remember it's the Passover. So there's a lot of people in uh, Judea, particularly in Jerusalem right now because of Passover. And so Jesus is before Pilate. He says, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, you have said so. Then Pilate, Pilate announced to the chief priests and crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. Pilate was a brutal individual. He was, he was, he was a ruthless individual, but he was, um, he was no idiot. He was no fool. And so he said uh, he saw no basis for uh, charging Jesus. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Dale. John, good morning. Hugh, good morning. But they insisted. He stirs up all the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. Galilee, Galilee in the north, Judea in the south. So he started up north in Galilee where he's from and all the way down here. On hearing this, Galilee, uh, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. Because technically Pilate doesn't, necessarily, doesn't have jurisdiction over Galilee. That's Herod. Herod was the governor over Galilee, Pilate over Judea. So Pilate says, oh, here's an opportunity for me to pass this on to someone else. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Robin. Says, uh, on hearing this, Pilate asked the man if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at the time. He was in Jerusalem because of the Passover. Herod had come down for the Passover. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased. Because for a long time, he had been waiting to visit, to wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some sort of sign. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dress, dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before that, they were enemies. They uh, found common ground in their uh, mockery of Jesus. Still happens today. Interesting uh, alliances in their in, that 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 uh, join in their mockery of Jesus um, and mockery of the church, for that matter. Um, Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers of the people, and said to them, "You brought." Me, this man, as one who was inciting the people to rebellion, I have examined him in your presence and I have found no basis for your charges against him. So he repeats it. I still, I find no basis for this. Verse 15, neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then I will release him. It's like, ah, oh, well, maybe you think, you know, reading the story, you think maybe the, maybe the, uh, Maybe there's an out here. But the whole crowd shouted, away with this man, release Barabbas to us. Mob mentality, man, mob mentality, right? It's 
it's crazy how the, the mob um, can um, can uh, usher in their own will, even if it makes no sense. <laughs> That's why we have to be careful, right? We have to be vigilant um, not to jump in with the crowds just because they're saying something, you know? It's so popular, especially with social media. Everybody feels like they need to jump in and say something. You know, if, if there's a, you know, whatever it is, you guys, you got to jump in and say something because you got to, you got to join the mob. You got to join the crowd and say something. And uh, it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Sometimes you just need to wait. Just wait and see what is actually going on. That's something I'm learning because in this age of social, social media, you can put it out there really quick and then it's out. Uh, you know, whether it's opinions about COVID or it's opinions about politics, whether it's opinions about mental health, whatever it is, just, and then you end up looking foolish later because you find out more of the story. So, but this, the crowd, they just start shouting, no, away with this man. Release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. He's a murderer. I mean, Barabbas is not a good guy. Wanting to release Jesus. So that was, this is kind of revealing Pilate's want. This is his desire. He wants to release Jesus. Pilate revealed, appealed to them again. Goes back to the crowd again. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he spoke to them. So three times he goes out there. Come on, y'all. There's no basis to, for, to do this to this innocent man. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I shall <coughs> have him punished and release him. <clears throat> but they were having none of it. But with loud shouts, they insist, insist, insistently demanded that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. How many of you know that just because you're the loudest doesn't mean you're the rightest? <laughs> just because you're the loudest doesn't mean you're the rightest. Just because you're loud doesn't mean you're right. And that's true of other people too. Just loudest doesn't always the rightest. You can be really loud and be really wrong. The crowds are a great example of that. They were really loud and they were dead wrong. Um, verse 24. So Pilate decides to grant their demand more interested in political expediency than what is right. That never happens in our day. That never happens in our day. But here, back then, way back in the day, people would sometimes succumb to uh, being politically expedient or going with the party line rather than speaking up for what's right. That used to happen. Not anymore. I mean, we've evolved way past that. <laughs> yeah. But here, Pilate um, decided to grant their demand. 
So he released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder. The one they asked for and surrendered Jesus, who was completely innocent. Surrendered Jesus to their will. Hmm. Welcome, everybody. We're in this intense scene in Luke 24, the trial of Jesus. He's just been sentenced to death. And now we're about to enter into the uh, crucifixion scene, which is intense. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon of Serene, who was on his way in from the country. And put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. Whoa. What is Jesus says the um, uses prophetic word and he's basically drawing the attention to the fact that um the regret here isn't for me the uh the uh, uh the source of 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 uh, tears is not what's happening to me but it's the fact that people have not recognized who i am weep for yourselves and for your children for the day will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women and wombs that never born and breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us and the hills cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it's dry? When people will do this to the son of God who's right in front of them, what will they do when he's not around? Two other men, both criminals, were led out with him to be executed. Then they came to the place called the skull. They crucified him there, along with the criminals. One on the right, the other on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Wow. After being scourged and beaten and near barely alive to the to within an inch of his life, led out to the cross as he's being mocked and ridiculed and misunderstood, he finds it somewhere within himself to pray that God would forgive them. Guys, that's why we talk about we have to forgive. Um, you know, sometimes we talk about that. Well, I don't know. I don't need to forget. I don't need to forgive. Yes, you do. As a follower of Jesus, you must forgive. If you don't forgive someone else, you do not understand what Jesus just did right there. You do not understand. I don't understand. If I refuse to forgive someone else, I don't get what Jesus just did right there. That Jesus, who was the most innocent, the most wrongly accused, is willing to forgive those who betrayed him at his lowest moment. How can I call him Lord and refuse to forgive? I can't. 
I can't. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm not telling you it doesn't baffle the mind. I'm not telling you it could be one of the hardest things you ever have to do in your life. I'm just telling you that if we get in touch with what Jesus just did right there, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. They are doing. Then we then we we will not understand that we have no ground to stand on when it comes to holding unforgiveness over someone else. We can't do it. Unless we're saying we're more just than Jesus. That an offense against us is greater than the offense that was leveled against Jesus on the cross. I don't think we're ready to stand there either. We must forgive. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's, a, if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up to him and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar. And he said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. Wow. Interesting, right? Never a more true statement. Although it was meant to be a sarcasm and a, a mockery, um, turned out to be true. This is the king of the Jews. <laughs> One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. We deserve this, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. He's acknowledging sin, acknowledging his own failure, acknowledging he deserves the punishment he's getting. But he also recognized that there's something different about Jesus. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Whoa. He recognizes him as a king. Wow. On the cross, he gets the revelation. He can see that this Jesus is different. This is a king. He is a king. He asked him, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognizes him as someone who is over a kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Today. You will be with me in paradise. Whoo, man, if you ever want to see grace, that's grace. That man had zero chance of ever doing anything good with his life. If you think God just saves you so you can do good things, that's the only reason he saves you. Remember, that's not salvation. Salvation is the free gift of God. Are we saved to do good works? Yes. But this, this guy, there was no chance of him ever doing anything good with his life. He was about to die. 99.9% .9 of his life had been spent in sin. And in that moment, he asked, called out to Jesus for forgiveness. And Jesus said, you know what? Because of grace, today you're going to be with me in paradise. You don't need 99% of your life to be filled with good deeds. You just need one ounce of grace. Ooh. You just need one ounce of grace. Everyone, anyone ever tells you we get in, we get into heaven because of our good deeds? You just remember that, right? No, the thief on the cross got into heaven not because of any good deeds. 
but because of a reaching out to Jesus by faith. Man. Verse 2044, it was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn into. And Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. Woo! The temple that kept people from the most holy place was now open. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God. Oh, man. The centurion, seeing what had happened, he praised God. He just started worshiping. He just went to a little worship service at the at a at the at the the death of Jesus and what just happened, the opening of the of the the veil in the temple, and the, the centurion starts praising God. He says, "Surely this was a righteous man." When all the people who had gathered to witness the sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Wow. That centurion saw something that very few saw in that moment, that this was a righteous man. And so he praised God. Verse 50. Now, there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea. And he, he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. He's a believer, a follower of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. It was Saturday before Sabbath. I mean, yeah. The women, Friday, it was the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Mm. Well, you got to come back tomorrow because we got we to read how the rest of this ends. We know how it ends, but you got to come back tomorrow as we read it together. As they close the tomb on Good Friday, but we know it didn't close the story. Um, the centurion was onto something. <laughs> the centurion was onto something. He knew something. He saw something. That's why he praised God. Wow, that was powerful, man. Powerful. Well, you know what we do. We read and we pray. We change the world. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we are so thankful for your sacrifice on the cross, um, your willingness to go uh, to the depths of despair and pain and anguish to pay for the penalty for our sin. Lord, we thank you that uh, you loved us enough to purchase our salvation and that we are not righteous on our own. We, are, we do not earn our own salvation. We do not pay for our own sins, but they are purchased completely and totally uh, by you. And by faith, we accept what you've done on the cross as the just payment for sin. And we believe that because of our faith in you, your righteousness is credited to us. You put a robe of righteousness on us that the Father sees instead of our sin. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you that um, 
Though our sins are like scarlet, you have made them white as snow. Because of that place, Lord, we ask that you give us the power to forgive others because of the great debt that you have forgiven us. Lord, help us to be those who understand how to receive and to give forgiveness freely. Not cheaply, but freely. Lord, I thank you for my friends today. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that you would fill their hearts um, with a sense of your love, a sense of the great measure of grace that you've extended to them. Lord, that their hearts will be overflowed with joy and delight in being a child of God today. Whatever they're facing, I pray that you give them peace and grace and power to, uh, to meet every challenge, uh, to walk through every open door, uh, and to be uh, your ambassadors today, spreading the aroma of Christ everywhere they go. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Love you. Thank you for uh, being with us. We'll be back tomorrow on the podcast with Luke chapter 24 as we wrap up the Gospel of Luke. On Monday, we'll be diving into 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So if you're, uh, if you're not on the podcast, be sure to subscribe to that whatever, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, I'm sure it's there. Just Pastor Terry's Bible study podcast. Thanks for subscribing to it, for rating it, for sharing it, all that stuff. Um, it's making a difference in other people's lives as well. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.